flow state is characterized by time slowing down. Your skill feels more than adequate for the situation. Your focus and attention is locked in. You're seeing your keys. You're recognizing patterns. Everything is coming off exactly the way you expect. You're in this state of flow. The opposite of that is called choking. It's characterized by time seems sped up. You feel rushed. You lose confidence. Your field of vision narrows, your conceptual field narrows, you begin to miss things because your body's beginning to optimize for fight or flight. That's Brian Decker, Director of Team Development in the NFL for the Indianapolis Colts and former Army Special Forces. If you missed part one of our conversations, make sure you go back and check out our last episode. In this episode, we're tackling a topic many in sales never think about, flow. How can we get into a flow state so we can be present and perform no matter what's thrown at you? How do you reach that level of awareness? And what exactly is flow? Let's find out. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lapin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Dan, I had a misperception about what flow actually was up until this conversation. In my mind, flow was, okay, if I have to do some creative things, I need to get into this state of flow where I'm fully engulfed in what I'm writing about or what I'm doing. But how does that translate to sales? Flow in sales is the ability to stay calm and allow the conversation to unfold versus trying to drive the conversation in a a specific direction. So what I mean by allow is that when you're in a state of flow, number one, you've prepped for that conversation. So you've prepped for any kind of curveballs or anything that can get thrown at you. So you're ready for it and you're not going to panic when certain things happen or certain tough questions are asked or tough statements are made. So prep is key. Two, visualization. Not necessarily a victory or an outcome, but visualization of being in a very intense, honest and vulnerable conversation with a prospect where that prospect is fully committed in that moment in time to sharing their thoughts, their insecurities or their strengths or their desires with you, visualizing that kind of interaction. And then the third thing I would say for flow would be the mindset. Don't assign a value to an outcome. You have to always focus on what's best for the other individual, how and if you can help them. And then it's not all about putting your life's achievements at that moment in time on the line. That's abundance. You know, where you just know, hey, tomorrow's a new day, next week's a new week. There's lots of prospects out there, lots of conversations to be had. That's abundance. So Dan, what would be an example of getting into flow? Flow is about preparation, visualization, and mindset. And so a lot of times our listeners will set these appointments and they get pretty excited about the appointment because they worked hard for it and they're gonna go sit down with someone who can make decisions in their space. So they go and they have this appointment and they're expecting a 60 minute conversation and immediately that prospect turns to them and says, hey, I'm sorry, I don't have 60 minutes anymore, I only have 30. Additionally, the prospect says, oh no, by the way, can you just tell me how can you guys help? 
What makes you guys different? That's an example of a curveball. And if you're in the flow state, you've prepped. Because you've prepped, you've visualized how will you handle that? How will you settle yourself down and calmly be that prospect's peer? And then lastly, it's the mindset. Are you walking into that appointment with a mindset like scarcity? You have to prove your value and you're attached to some kind of outcome. Or are you walking in with the mindset of my job is to determine how and if I can help and are they even ready? And I need to ask them any questions I need to to help them and I determine that together. There's a calmness in that. So if you bring all those things together, your response, instead of being, well, here's what we do and here's how we help others in your space, your response might be, I understand the question. Here's the challenge. I don't know enough about your business to handle that. I'd be very assumptive right now if I started talking to you about all the things that I think we can do for you and what makes us different. So before I do that, it might help us both if I ask a few questions, learn a little bit first, then I'd be happy to share. That is a different way of handling that scenario versus the typical sales scenario. The state of flow helps you see that interaction for what it is. Because the only real response in that moment is you don't know how you can help yet. Why do you think for some people they jump to answering that question, proving their expertise and demonstrating their value? Number one is they didn't prep probably for that kind of curveball to be thrown at them, which is understandable to a, to a degree. Probably the next reason is because they're attached. They've become attached to the outcome already. So they feel that if they can say something in that moment that might be compelling or profound enough, the prospect's going to want to at least continue the conversation further and maybe give them a second meeting. So I feel like a lot of that happens because of the attachment to a quote-unquote positive sales outcome. So in order to overcome the attachment and to get into that state of flow, how should salespeople prepare? A lot of sales training I know from my own experience is here's what you say, here's what you do. And that's scripted. The best way to handle any scenario is to prepare for it by maybe writing out your questions or writing out the questions you think you're going to receive. And you can even write out some of your responses just so that you can get a feel for the words. But that doesn't mean it's scripted. That's just your preparation. When you go into a meeting, you need to be who you are. You know, you can't sound like somebody else. As our listeners hear us today, Kylie, we're not promoting that they sound like us. But we give them the words sometimes, as you know, so that people can get a feel for, hey, does that sound like me? Or is that at least a path on how I might want to handle that? And you really want to come up with your own words using your own personality. So there is a fine line between preparation and being scripted. You can be scripted in your preparation by getting the words and the feel. But when you get in that meeting, you have to just truly, pun intended, let it flow. With that, let's jump into part two of our conversation with Brian, talking through what it's like to not be in that state of flow and to not be fully present. Let's imagine we're shooting a video. And in that video, we are, we are recording at 120 frames per second. And when we are in a flow state, 
We are totally externally immersed in our environment. Our focus is exactly what it needs to be in that environment. We're totally immersed in the environment. We are picking up and responding to and seeing our environment at 120 frames per second. That's flow. It slows down. The second you create some sort of internal dialogue or you start shifting your focus outward, you begin to cut that frame rate down. The one thing that we know is we cannot do two conscious tasks at one time. It's a myth. What we're doing is we're just basically rapidly switching back and forth between tasks. So if you're rapidly switching back and forth between tasks, and this could be listening and thinking about your response, you've cut that frame rate from 120 to 60 frames are going to each of those tasks. Throw an internal dialogue, now 40 frames are going to each of those tasks. And what happens is we begin to feel rushed. Our mind is shifting out of the present right here, and it's either ruminating over a mistake that we've made in the past, or you're trying to anticipate what's coming next, but for whatever reason, your thinking, your thought, your focus, your concentration is not in the present. If we're executing a plan, our internal thinking about the next question is really nothing more than a placeholder that keeps us at our current state. We're, you know, we're taking in the information from our environment. We're, we're knowing what's next. But I believe that the best when they would probably have that call or they're doing that conversation is that they can do that entire conversation with no conscious thought. Let me give you an example from driving. Every one of us drove a car today here. And I bet that if I ask you to, to think back about your driving, you largely can't recall much of it at all. And we know from studies that you make hundreds of observations and decisions per mile. And you can't remember hardly any of them. Because what you're drawing upon is your procedural memory. It's, it's called automaticity. It's what we commonly refer to as habit. It's that those things that happen without conscious thought. They demand nothing of your intention. The good thing about automaticity and proceduralized memory is it is endless versus trying to multitask, which is limited to one. So that's where experience, that's where visualization, that's where all those things come into play is that it allows all of that activity to happen automatically. It's not till that light turns red someone darts out into the road, comes in from a side street, that your conscious brain takes back over that task and guides you back to where you need to be. I got to believe that your best salespeople, they have got a same structure, the same format that they use to kind of make a conversation, even though what you're hanging on that model may be different. Their attention is focused where it needs to be at any given moment. And they're comfortable and they're confident and that way, they're more likely to be in this immersive flow state. Brian, as you know, we teach three mindsets. We teach a mindset of how to detach from an outcome so that when you're speaking to someone, you know, you're not focused on labeling what they're saying is good or bad. We teach high intent, which is how do you focus on them as an individual, not what you want to hear, but more about what you need to hear. And then we focus on abundance uh, which is, that is the moment that you're in. Don't worry about the next moment. Don't worry about what happens at the end of the meeting. Don't worry about what happens tomorrow. You know, everything's going to be okay. And there's more to it than just that. I'm kind of thinking about the example that you gave. Again, what's happening is that when a salesperson goes in, if they don't figure out a way to get their head in a pseudo flow state, I'll call it, 
they're going to divide that 120 frames into a lot of different things versus taking the 120 frames per second and completely focused on what the other person's saying. Because it'll be divided into, what do I ask next? If I ask them this, what do they say? If they say this, what does that mean? Do I want them to say that? Do I want to ask this? It's divided all into those other thoughts. And so at the end of the day, they're truly not listening. Is that kind of how you might describe a flow state in sales based on what I've shared? Yeah, so you're totally present and on task. Your thing first was detachment, so lack of judgment. The second one was high intent. Yeah. And then your third one was abundance. And so your first and third naturally reduced the model of pressure. And what your high intent is, it is really a pre-shot routine. It brings their focus to the present. Because if I'm really focused on you and I have that high intent like you're talking about, I can't recognize her. I can't recognize what she's saying. I keep my focus. And, and I wouldn't just focus on you. I would focus on something very specific and very small. Because the tighter your focus, the more likely it is you to maintain it. Because if I open it up, I begin to see the people on the bicycles going down the street. I begin to hear the noises. I begin to see and other things. So what you're doing is a form of attentional control. And we know that the optimal zone for performance is you're present-minded. You're in the here and now. The internal chatter is as low as possible, if not gone. And you're reading and responding to your environment based off the cues of the conversation. I think you really hit something there for sales professionals who work really hard at what they do. And they try to set all these appointments and meetings. It's the internal chatter. Hey, don't ask this you might upset them, or is this the right time? Or, hey, you should say this because they just mentioned X, Y, and Z. It's constant internal chatter, I think sometimes salespeople face within themselves that becomes the ultimate distraction during the interaction with the prospect. The one thing I would say though, is it's normal when you begin to learn something. It's normal when you're doing something new to have that, but is we get into that environment and we learn, we want to, to grow our skill, our understanding for that as quickly as possible to extract that learning so that the next time we do that, I'm able to do that without thinking. I'll give you an example of how I do my interview process. I use the same flow. I start with family, growing up, places you've lived. I just kind of walk through the same timeline, right? Every time. Every time I go through the same sequence, it's a structured interview, but it doesn't seem structured to them, but it's very structured in my mind. I'm able to listen fully and intently, capture shorthand notes on that conversation, and to capture opportunities to go other places. And not only that, I've been put in situations where I couldn't take notes, and my process that I executed was so consistent that all I had to do was go back and go through that interview process in my mind and play it bit by bit. Because what I do with that structured approach, and when I say structured, it, I don't want that to seem dogmatic. It's very agile. If a player goes someplace else, I go there. But in my mind, I, I know the path I want to take them down. And if the player goes off track, you know your process so well, it's just very easy for you to guide back onto your deliberate process and get back on track. I will. In, in most cases, I'll let him go. Right. But I won't let him take over because if it becomes too random, then I'm not getting what I need. I, there's a reason why I ask the things 
I ask in the order I ask them. So I needed to kind of generally stay on flow. But, you know, I may ask about something about their childhood, and I'm not prepared to talk about adversity, but they bring it up. I don't want to lose that moment. And so I allow them to talk about that. And then as I get to that conceptually in my mind, to that point where I'm talking about obstacles and adversity, then I just kind of know I've hit that. Everything is designed to flow. And so for me, I'm 100% attentive and listening. For our listeners, based on your military experience and your NFL experience, are there recommendations that you would give them to help them learn how to capture their own state of flow? If we go up to the model of optimal performance, we know that when we're in the present, 100% focused, that that's where the flow state begins. That doesn't mean we're, we're in flow, but it's a prerequisite for flow. So for me, I think, first of all, is that we've had to have rehearsed that plan. We've had to, in our mind, we know how it's going to unfold, and we know how we're going to handle the different aspects of that conversation should it go a little differently than planned. We're not going to be surprised. So preparation is paramount. Preparation is key. Preparation is key. The best mental state will not overcome a lack of preparation. I promise you, because you're going to get off track. So once you get your preparation and you get into that moment, then it's all about maintaining your attention and your focus and keeping that where it needs to be and allowing that plan or that conversation, or that sequence of events to unfold in a very natural manner. And so for me, if I'm going to go into something like a conversation, you know, I developed my plan, but I still haven't seen my plan. It's still, it's lists words, right? Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to visualize that plan. And ideally, you know, I'd, I'd want to know what that room is going to look like. I want to know what that room's like, who's going to be in there. I want to be comfortable with all aspects. I want to be able to see that. And when I'm visualizing, I'm also visualizing, and if you really get good at it, you can bring the pressure in. Bring the pressure in. Visualize handling that pressure in that tough moment. Visualize handling that tough conversation. Again, because what we're doing is we're creating experience to draw upon should we get in that moment we're not going to be uncomfortable. I think a lot of you all have seen the documentary Free Solo. It talks about Alex's climb of El Capitan. I don't think there's been any greater accomplishment in human history. He's able to climb a 3,000-foot vertical rock with no safety equipment. In any mistake, it's certain death. And if you think about that task, there's obviously there's a physical component. There's a physical state of readiness you have to have. But to me, that climb is largely mental. You think about his preparation, and the entire climb hinged on his ability to ultimately uh, navigate this boulder problem. So he goes through this just numerous times, and he gets to the point where he knows every move that he's going to make. And we're talking about extremely difficult, technical, focused concentration, which is an incredible task. But then he talks about his ability to visualize, to visualize success, to visualize himself applying his technique and managing that emotion. You know, he talks about it, just going through it over and over in his mind. And, and he talks about cultivating this mindset. And it really is about confidence. For the rest of the world, that task is off limits. It's outside of our ability. Maybe not because of our skill, but just our ability to manage our emotions and our focus. But he's able to do that. And the reason why I don't think it was 
pressure for him that day is that everything that he had done in his preparation leading up to that had been so difficult and so deliberate in preparing him for that climb that what was asked of him that day was well within his comfort zone. What would be for any other climber a life or death climb? In his mind, he was just executing the plan. He had rehearsed it to the point where my word's not his. It was automatic. He knew how he was going to handle every scenario. And you have to have a specific mindset to even start the process of trying to get into that flow state. And that flow state is so important because the flow state is what allows you as a sales professional to be able to handle any scenario. Dan, what prevents us from staying in a state of flow? We get attached. It's like anything, we prep for it, we get the right mindset, we go into the conversation or we go into whatever else we might be doing. It doesn't always have to be in sales, but as soon as things start to seem to be going well or we've overcome something that we didn't think we'd overcome and things are going well now, we start to fast forward like, wow, this is going great. This might happen. Maybe that might happen now. That's the moment we've become attached. And in that moment, because we've become attached, we've labeled an outcome, we are now out of the state of flow because we start listening only for the things that continue to direct toward that outcome. And once again, we've removed ourselves from that state of flow. And here's how we know we've done it too. We start to feel a little bit of angst, a little bit of hesitation. The certainty with which we spoke prior now becomes a little bit more cautious. And when we have those feelings, that's when we know we We've jumped ahead in our mind to a future outcome that was good, and now we don't want to blow it. And that's what takes us out of flow. If we start to slip away from that state of flow and, and need to get back to it, how can we make that shift? If I put myself in the listener's shoes right now, we know how we feel. If we're in a meeting, we pick up feelings pretty quick that we have within ourselves. When we feel angst or hesitation or disappointment or frustration, that should tell us in the conversation that we've jumped ahead to some kind of outcome. We've become attached. Don't screw this up. Don't ask this. You might upset them. Things like that. To get back into the state of flow, we have to remind ourselves that if we heard something bad that we didn't want to hear, that it doesn't mean anything yet. That little technique of saying to ourselves in the middle of a conversation or a negotiation, hold on, what they just said doesn't mean anything yet, gives the interaction a sense of impermanence. That's what the word yet does. Yet is impermanent. So if we can remind ourselves that there's nothing permanent being said, it doesn't mean anything yet, take a deep breath. That's a way we can try to get ourselves back into that state of flow calm ourselves back down. The other thing mentioned was visualizing. Visualization being a powerful tool. Do you have suggestions for what our listeners could do to implement this tool within their process? When you can see your prospect hesitate, pause, maybe even visualize them shifting their body language. Maybe they shift back in their seat because you know now they're in deep thought. 
those are powerful moments because now you know you've asked them a question that maybe no one else has ever asked. And maybe now you're at the beginning of helping them through a thought process that no one else has ever helped them through. Looking for a body shift, a hesitation, a pause, great way to visualize now that now you're getting into a better, deeper, more constructive conversation. You've talked about body language a couple of times. Do you ever call it out in the meeting? Yes, but I would do it and I've done it when I feel like they're struggling. So if I feel like a prospect might be struggling with the question that I've asked or struggling with how much do they wanna share, I might say to them, I can tell right now, it seems like you're, you're a little hesitant. Let me share with you why I'm asking this question. So I'll try to come in and reassure them if I do pick up some hesitancy in their ability to answer the question that I've asked. Yeah, I think giving context is a big help because then they understand more clearly your intentions for asking too. Yeah, that's huge because most of the time, if people don't understand your intent, they're gonna hold back on how much thinking and effort they put into the answer. We've talked about a lot today. Can you summarize today's conversation with some strong takeaways that our listeners can put into their practice? I like the word practice because that's what it is. First, it's mindset. Remember, everything that you do comes from how you think. Your mindset has to be how and if you can help, are they ready? It also has to be your entire sales achievement does not come down to this one meeting. You're going to be fine. The sun comes up tomorrow. And additionally, don't label an outcome. All right. The outcome doesn't have to be you get a second meeting. Then what you do is you start prepping. And then you visualize more some of that prep. So those are the key components that anybody could start practicing. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?